0: The Rams are headed to Seattle for their final game of the 2022 season. It is a crossover edition with Locked On Seahawks coming up next on Locked On Rams.
1: You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, 12s and Rams fans. It's time for another crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Corbin Smith for Locked On Seahawks. Glad to be joined by Travis Rogers of Locked On Rams Part 2. And, uh, you know, I guess it's interesting going into this game because there is some playoff implications for one team. And then the (laughs) other team gets the opportunity to maybe play a little bit of spoilers, get some revenge for a game earlier this season. So we're going to be diving into some key storylines, matchups keys to victory, and much more on a jam-packed crossover episode that has brought your way Buy prize picks. Prize picks is so much fun and it's easy to play. No competing with other players, just you versus the projections available. Pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. It can literally take less than 60 seconds to enter. It's that easy. We love prize picks and we know you will too. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. All right, we are finally to week 18, and for the Rams, you know, they're happy to maybe have this season coming to a close the way that things have unfolded, but Bobby Wagner gets to come back to Seattle and with the Rams well out of the playoff hunt at this point. That really seems like the biggest story here that Bobby Wagner gets to go back to his old stomping grounds, and he seems eager for the opportunity to knock his former team out of the playoffs.
0: Yeah, Corbin, he really does. You know, he he has been uh, very outspoken about his desire to show Seattle that they made a mistake, that he did not like the way that his exit was handled. I, I think that, you know, most of these guys understand that this is a business and guys that get to spend their entire career in one place are pretty rare. It doesn't happen very often. But when it is time to move on and you have been such a, a, a vital piece to what, was an incredibly successful run in Seattle, Legion of Boom, Super Bowl, all these kind of things that you would at least be given certain courtesies on your way out the door. He feels that that was not handled the way that he would have liked to have seen it handled. So he's going to come in hot. Uh, he, we, we saw what it looked like the last time that these two teams played at SoFi Stadium. He had arguably his best game of the season. He had an interception. He had a sack. He was all over the field. Um, he, probably his second best game of the season, ironically, was – against the Denver Broncos with Russell Wilson, <laughs> that quarterback. So man, he he's, he's feeling it a certain way. I, I I agree with you. I think that's the, the big story for the Rams uh, on that side of the ball. And then of course, the big story for the Rams on the other side of the ball is will this or will this not be the last time we see Baker Mayfield in a Rams uniform? I, I know. I I think that we're probably going to see Matthew Stafford back as the quarterback next year. I think that, you know, never say never, that things always happen, but are the Rams going to reevaluate how they use that QB2 position? They've used it kind of as a cross your fingers and hope you never need to use that guy's spot before. Um, John Wolford, very inexperienced. Bryce Perkins, even more inexperienced than Wolford. And we've seen what this team looks like with a real NFL quarterback. Now, we could go and spend days talking about Baker Mayfield. The fact of the matter is, he was the first pick in the draft. He does have certain abilities that those other guys do not. And whether or not he's an everyday starting quarterback in this league, Time will tell, but he's certainly been a huge upgrade at that number two quarterback position. And this may be the last time that we see him.
1: Yeah, I think that is a huge question mark here, because when they claimed him off waivers, of course, the first thing to cross my mind is where is Matthew Stafford's health at? Mm-hmm. Coming off of a neck injury, now an injured reserve, you're wondering, is this a situation where he might just choose to walk away now? He has explicitly said in his wife's podcast that is not happening, that he's going to be coming back to play. And there's a lot of money on the line if he decided not to come back. But you also got to wonder with the future potentially of Sean McVay. I mean, there are so many different variables for this Rams team coming off of such a disappointing season. And the quarterback position is just one of them. And Baker Mayfield, from what I've been able to tell, has played fairly well in these three starts that he's had for the Rams and he's obviously an upgrade over John Wolford who almost beat the Seahawks a few weeks back <laughs> when he was under center in that game and so that is something to be concerned about and going back to Bobby Wagner even though the Seahawks have a you know playoff bid that they're trying to get here in week 18 the Wagner reunion to me is still the biggest story this week just because we saw how Seahawks fans reacted when Russell Wilson came back in September and the Boo Birds came flying out from the second that he came onto the field and fans were unrelenting through the entire four quarters. They made sure to let Russell Wilson know they were not happy about how he forced his way out of town and he can say whatever he wants. That's what happened behind the scenes. Right, He pulled the buttons to get out of there and eventually the Seahawks decided to oblige Pete Carroll, the way he's responded yesterday, it sounds to me like he's expecting a far different situation with Bobby Wagner coming back because Wagner didn't want to leave Seattle. He is still one of the most popular players in franchise history. The 12s are going to, at least before kickoff, they are going to give him a much warmer welcome. And Pete Carroll helped that by not pushing the issue with Russell Wilson. He was kind of pushing those buttons during the press conference. Like, hey, fans, you know, bring it a little bit in this game. Not doing that with Bobby Wagner because the respect he holds for him. And and again, his exit was by the team's choice. And it wasn't something that was spearheaded by discontent by the player. Bobby Wagner would have liked to finish his career in Seattle. It just wasn't meant to be. Even if Pete Carroll was pushing those buttons all the way to the last day, like there's got to be a way we can keep him. It just yeah. didn't work out from a financial standpoint. So that's obviously a big storyline. But we got to get to the playoffs now because that's really what this is all about. The Rams don't have anything to play for pride and the Seahawks the opportunity in front of them. They don't control their destiny because they need the Detroit lions to beat the green Bay Packers on Sunday night football after they hopefully beat the Rams. And so that puts pressure on you because you know, you can look ahead to that game and that'd be a huge mistake because you got to take care of your business. And with Baker Mayfield, now being under center, the Rams have enough talent, on both sides of the ball. They already played the Seahawks tough last month, even at home. With the home crowd going crazy, uh, this is not going to be an easy contest for the Seahawks to win. The Rams are going to want to finish the season on a strong note, and Sean McVay always seems to have at least three or four things up his sleeves that the Seahawks don't seem prepared for, and that could be the difference between winning and losing in a game like this where really it truly is win or go home and then hope Detroit helps you continue your season. So they've got a ton of pressure on the Rams. They don't. They're an 11-loss team. They got nothing to lose. Let's go knock our divisional foe
0: out of the postseason. Yeah. season. I, I think you're right, Corbin. I, you know, you you look at this Rams team uh, and, and I, with Baker Mayfield, they're two and two. They got very lucky to win the game against the the Las Vegas Raiders. We, we saw that one on a Thursday night. They, they went into Green Bay and it was, you know, minus a billion degrees. So nothing was going to happen in that game. And then, They look really good against Denver, and they look like a a functional NFL team. And, And this is, you know, it's the NFL. You can put it all together for a day, and even with a bunch of backups, you can look like you know what you're doing. They were clearly outclassed by the Chargers on New Year's Day, and, you know, it is what it is. The Chargers are just better than the Rams at this point. I don't know how much better the Seahawks are than the Rams. They're better, but I don't know if they're a lot better than the Rams are. Like you mentioned, we saw the Rams and the Seahawks a few weeks ago when the Rams were playing some of their worst football of the year, and it went down in the last couple of plays of the game. Seattle wins. DK Metcalf gets in with that touchdown at the end, and it was a good win for Seattle. But the Rams had a chance to win that game, even when they were playing with John Wolford as their backup quarterback. Baker Mayfield has changed the way that these things work a little bit in the sense that with Wolford and some other guys, it was basically, they were throwing to one guy that Baker Mayfield's running the offense. For better or for worse, he's running the offense. They've discovered that Cam Akers is still a pretty good back in this league. He's coming off back-to-back 100-yard games for the first time in, in, since 2018 for the Rams. They haven't had back-to-back 100-yard performances. Um, They're not a good team, but they're not as bad as they were a month ago. And and, and I do think that everybody wants to win on a high note. I do think that there is some value in playing spoiler. And I think there's a ton of value in having nothing to lose. That, That You know, it's like any other thing. When you have nothing to lose, you're pretty dangerous. The Seattle Seahawks have something to lose. The Rams certainly do not.
1: Yeah. And as I said, the pressure is all on Pete Carroll's team and they put themselves in this position by losing several games. They should not have lost. I mean, this team should have had nine or 10 wins Mm -hmm. this season and they've just let too many games. And that's the mark of an inexperienced team. The rookies playing as many snaps they have, that has come back to hurt them a little bit, especially on the defensive side of the football. But they still are in a position to get in the playoffs. they got to take care of business. The Rams are going to be trying to prevent that from happening. This is not going to be an easy game, especially considering there's a possibility. I don't know how possible this is, but it could be Sean McVay's last game on the sideline. We'll see. There's a lot of dominoes at play for the Rams going to this game, and maybe McVay's thinking that in the back of his mind, and like, you know what? I'd like to end on a really, really nice note here and knock out my buddy Pete Carroll. Let's <laughs> knock him out of the playoffs. So there's certainly a lot to play for from that standpoint, and it would allow Bobby Wagner to get that win in his first game at Lumen Field as a visitor. We're going to get to some matchups coming up next here on our Crossover Thursday special, which is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the recent World Cup. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. It's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So make sure to head to their website today or use their mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening to Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Corbin Smith of Locked On Seahawks. Glad to be joined by Travis Rogers of Locked on Rams. we got a big NFC West matchup to close out the season. As we just talked about, the Seahawks have playoff aspirations. The Rams do not, but this is still a huge game for the underdogs going to Seattle, looking to spoil the end of their season, which has really been a magical season for the most part for the Seahawks, way better than most people prognosticated. Let's get to the matchups because even compared to when these teams met on December 4th, I believe it was, the Rams are a drastically different looking team. I mean, you don't often see a quarterback that was the number one pick get released by a team in early December, and then he's available on waivers, and then the Rams went out and got Baker Mayfield. And so this roster's had so much upheaval throughout the season. Just it's It's just been a weird one in LA. What are some matchups that you were looking at in this rematch between the Seahawks and Rams when it may be some different players than ones we talked about last time?
0: Yeah, I'll give you one uh, one guy that was there last time and one guy that was not a factor last time. Um, we'll start on the defensive side of the ball, and – like you mentioned, the Rams season has is officially over, has been for a few weeks. But really, this was maybe late October, mid-October, where the writing was on the wall that this probably was not going to be a playoff team. With the injuries that they had and and certainly with the way that they'd been performing, that it did not feel like this ship was going to turn around anytime soon. And they've been in evaluation mode for the better part of a couple of months. Um This is their last chance to do that before you go into the draft, before you go into free agency, before you go into uh, training camp and and OTAs and everything that's coming up next year. I don't know exactly who, but I'll I'll tell you this, Corbin, I would be shocked if there isn't a very big name on the Rams right now that will not be on this team at the start of next year. And I think that one of the candidates for that position is Jalen Ramsey. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he's back, but I would not be falling on the floor if you turned on the news one night. He went online. you saw that the Rams have released him or traded him or whatever it might be. I think that's one of the matchups to look at. Jalen Ramsey is still a very, very good NFL player. The matchup with DK Metcalf did not go his way last time that these two teams played. I'm interested to see it again. And I think the Rams are probably having to make some very hard decisions on – what they want to do with their guys that make a whole bunch of money because they don't have a lot of flexibility. They don't have a ton of draft capital. And the one way that they can try to accrue some of those things is to move some of these high-dollar, high-profile, very good players. And I still think there's an opportunity for for Jalen Ramsey to get you something coming back the other way, and I'm going to be paying very close attention to him on that side of the ball.
1: Yeah, I'm obviously going to be watching that matchup with some popcorn in the press box because those two, every time they get together, I mean, we saw some new wrinkles added to it like headbutts uh, last time these two got together. They just, it's its cinema when it's DK Metcalf against Jalen Ramsey. It seems like it brings up the best in Metcalf. Yeah. He always seems to play played his best against Ramsey. And those two, I, I think that it's a friendly yet hostile Matchup. Like I think they have great respect for each other. At the same time, they both get under under each other's skin. But I think for the Seahawks to have success on offense in this game, especially with Tyler Lockett dealing with some injuries, he's just come back from hand surgery. They're saying that's not an issue, but he injured his shin on Sunday against the Jets. So who knows if he's even going to be available? I think he will play, but This is not where Tyler Lockett was at when they played on December 4th when he had a huge game, and he was really healthy in that game. And so you're going to need your tight ends, just like they did on Sunday against the Jets. The Rams are actually near the bottom of the league for receptions or or receiving yards allowed to tight ends, but they have given up eight touchdowns, which is tied for third most of the NFL. And their linebackers, including Bobby Wagner, They've had some issues at times defending big body tight ends that can catch. I'm looking at Colby Parkinson and I'm looking at Noah Fant. Both those guys are plus athletes. Parkinson at 6 foot 7. I still don't understand why he hasn't gotten more targets in the red zone. I think that's maybe the biggest regret that Shane Waldron's going to have looking back in the season because that guy should be a red zone star. And mm-hmm. his size with his athleticism and his hands, and you got to see what he could do last week against a really good Jets defense. Had the best game of his career. And Noah Fant has been a really nice addition to their team, too, even though the stats maybe don't show it. He has been a reliable pass catcher for them, and he's a four-five guy that really creates a matchup problem for linebackers. And so I'm looking at those tight ends thinking that could be a position group that just like Sunday, as long as Shane Waldron game plans for him, that could be a problem position for the Rams to deal with. And it could take some pressure off Geno Smith and make it he doesn't have to sit back there and wait too long and allow that Rams pass rush to get to him.
0: I I think you're right on all fronts uh, uh, right there, Corbin. I'll I'll go real quick to the other side, kind of a matchup for the Rams offensively against that Seattle defense. I mentioned it briefly uh, a second ago. I, I don't know if I've ever seen this before where the Rams have a player in Cam Akers who was supposed to be their number one guy coming into the season, who clearly was not, who was penalized for his, something lack of preparation lack of professionalism whatever it was but he was supposed to be the guy that kind of ascended to that number one role it never really happened it got to the point where they sent him home for the better part of a month tried to trade him couldn't find a trade partner for him the Rams basically said we have no better option let's bring him back into the family and he's been great ever since. <laughs> he's, he has not just been good, he's been very good. I like I mentioned to you, uh, going into the Green Bay Packer game on Monday Night Football a, a few weeks ago, the Rams were the only team in the league that had not had a 65 yard rushing performance uh, all season long. He hit that number 65 on the nose in that week. He comes back the week after that and goes for over 100. He comes back the week after that and goes for nearly 120. So, Clearly, the opportunities have come his way. His performance has improved drastically. I just don't know if he's out of the woods as far as being in the doghouse. I don't know if Sean McVay is thrilled to run it back with him again last year, giving him that job unequivocally. I don't know if Cam Akers wants to come back with a team that sent him home for a month. So how he looks again on Saturday, or excuse me, on Sunday against Seattle. Um, I think is a big part of this because I just can't imagine if he puts together another performance like he did in the last couple of weeks, last three weeks, that the Rams are going to find something better than that on the open market. Um, They don't have to pay him quite yet so they can kind of hold off on that a little bit. But I think it's an incredibly interesting component going into this last game because he went from their guy to I would have bet my house that he was never going to play for the Rams again to an important part of how they've been competing in this last month or so.
1: Yeah, and the Seahawks' run defense has been porous all season long. They let Akers run right down the field on him that opening drive in the first matchup. And I felt like the Seahawks really tightened things up after that first drive and did a much better job bottling up Akers. He did score a touchdown later in the game. But overall, though, they did a good job of responding to that first drive, waking up and doing what they needed to do. And they're coming off. I think their best game defending the run, the last three quarters against the Jets, they allowed 19 yards in the second Mm -hmm. half, negative one on the ground. And so that was a little bit of a revelation. It also showed you just how bad the Jets' offense is. (laughs) when They can't get the ball around the field, throwing the ball, and they're one-dimensional. That helped the Seahawks, too. But they have shown signs the last few weeks. Even the 49ers game on Thursday Night Football – you take out a big 54-yard run in the final minute, they were holding the 49ers to under four yards per carry. So the run defense has made strides in the last three games. It hasn't always necessarily shown up in the stat sheet because they're still giving up those explosive plays. But my worry going into this game is a player that, quite frankly, I kind of wrote off a little bit going into the first matchup, not because I don't think he's a good player. I just didn't trust John Wolford to throw the ball to Tyler Higby. Yeah. But the Seahawks have had their issues with tight ends throughout Pete Carroll's tenure with this team. They've been a little bit better this season, but there have been some games where tight ends have roasted them. And Higby, all he's done is have 16 catches for 132 yards and all three of his touchdowns in the three starts that Baker Mayfield has had under center. So Baker Mayfield actually, as you said, he's running their offense. He's actually going to get the tight ends involved in the passing game. And so that concerns me, especially if Ryan Neal can't make it back this week. He didn't practice yesterday, maybe not going to be practicing at all on Thursday. He's missed the last two games. That's a big loss for them. They could be down to their third or fourth string strong safety in Jonathan Abram, the former first round pick for the Raiders, or Tease Tabor. In that matchup, Tyler Higby's probably licking his chops a little bit. Even those two guys played fairly well against the Jets last week. That is a matchup that favors Tyler Higby if Baker Mayfield can get him the football. And so that's certainly one that concerns me in this game. A player that I wasn't as worried about last time just because who was under center, but now with Baker Mayfield, uh, that's a big difference maker, and you can get that tight end involved.
0: Yeah, and you're right about that, that he has been a different player since Mayfield has got here. There's one other thing that's kind of freed him up as well. And and the last time that we talked, Corbin, the Rams had played a different offensive line literally in every single game the yep. entire season. For the last month, they've had the same five guys. Now, maybe they're not the five guys you started the season with. Maybe they're not five guys that are first string NFL players. They're certainly not five, you know, all NFL, all pro, all pro bowler guys there. But at least they're the same five guys. Tyler Higby was, for all intents and purposes, a sixth offensive lineman for the first 12 weeks of the season because he had to be. They had to keep him in. They really didn't use him as a part of their offense. But now that that um, uh, Mayfield has has kind of unlocked him a little bit, and the offensive line, while still not great, is much better than it was. They're able to use him in the role that I think they're anticipating using him all season long. It just took three months to get there. Coming up next, we're going to shift our gears to
1: keys to the game. What the Seahawks and Rams need to do to finish the year off with a victory in Week 18. We'll get to those here in a moment. Over episode. Built Bar. If you're looking for a treat, but don't want all the fat and calories. Then you got to try Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. I am failing miserably these first few days of the month. Uh, it's really difficult to get back on track. And if you're like me, where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then man, I've got the right thing for you. And it's Built Bar. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. It's a perfect solution for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bar so good is, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate, delicious 100% real chocolate. You've got great flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, my personal favorite, coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros, 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait around to get a box either. They now are offering it at Walmart and Sam's Club. So you can head over to your nearest Walmart or Sam's Club. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars. Pick up a four-box bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, go grab a 13-bar box with one of their hit flavors, such as brownie batter or churro. You can thank me later. All right, let's get to our keys to victory for the Seahawks and Rams here. I'm Corbett Smith of Locked On Seahawks, joined by Travis Rogers of Locked On Rams. Crossover Thursday, the final regular season crossover Thursday. Seahawks fans are hoping there's a playoff edition of it. Rams (laughs) fans, they'll have to wait till week one of next season to get back to crossover Thursday. But let's talk keys to victory. As you've mentioned several times in this show, Travis, the Rams, yeah, they're down and out in the playoff hunt, but this is a team that has been playing better football as of late. They're a better football team with Baker Mayfield in their center than the one that John Wolford was quarterbacking when these teams met in early December. So they may have a fighter's chance to play. Spoiler, what do they need to do to go to Lumen Field and crush Seattle's playoff hopes?
0: I think they need to do the things that they've done in the two games that they've won with Baker Mayfield. And it is football 101, right? It is the things that every coach will tell you. It's the thing that every player will tell you after uh, a, a win. They need to run the ball effectively and not turn it over. If they do those two things, they will win the game because Cam Akers has, like we just talked about, has kind of found his rhythm. He's kind of found his groove a little bit along the way. Um, He's been very, very good. They have not turned the ball over. Baker Mayfield has been pretty good with protecting the football. Not perfect, but far better than what we saw with some other guys along the way. I think if they do those two things on that side of the ball, that's very good news. On the other side, and – I think he's going to be just fine because he's a professional and he's a, what is it? A six time all pro for Bobby Wagner or whatever it might be is just have him manage that early part of the game emotionally, right? Did not get so caught up in everything that's going on. And like you mentioned, I think that the reception for him will be incredibly warm. I think that it will be incredibly well-deserved and incredibly emotional for him. as we know, football is played on emotion. Um, But finding that little rhythm, that little slot between being very elevated emotionally, but still doing your job, finding your assignments, doing these sorts of things, as opposed to just going out there and trying to make something happen because you're flying around with your hair on fire, I think is pretty important. The Rams secondary has still been very, very vulnerable. That needs to be. Uh, a little bit better along the way. And I think that the Rams also, like we have mentioned before, have nothing to lose. I think they're going to be loose. I think it'll be fun. I wouldn't be surprised if they break out some weird plays, something that just kind of gets you going for the last game of the season. I don't think that they're going to keep anything in the bag. Uh, I I think whatever Sean McVay has, you're going to see it on Sunday. And I think that's the key. you got to connect on a couple of those. And I think they got a chance. They're not as good as the Seahawks, but sometimes in the NFL that doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, and this has been a matchup that Sean McVay's teams have typically found ways to win. And so Seahawks fans, they're not going into this game believing that, oh, we got this in the bag, the Rams have lost 11 games. No, the Rams have had worse teams than this that have come to Seattle and they've given the Seahawks a fight, even in the Jeff Fisher era. Jeff Fisher, I think if he played just the Seahawks and Pete Carroll, he would have kept his job a lot longer because they always were much more competitive in those games from Seattle's standpoint on offense. The run game went missing for about six weeks this year. And I think that's a big reason why they're in the position they're in now where they need another team to help them out to get in the playoffs. I think the run game and the offensive line, those areas have been the biggest issues. The defense has had its problems, but they've been in position to win games and the offense hasn't been able to come through or they haven't been able to get enough protection or the run blocking hasn't been good. I think it gets this Rams defense, especially without Aaron Donald and Ashawn Robinson. Some of the injuries that they've been dealing with for multiple weeks. This is a Rams front that you should be able to run the football against, especially at home. You've got a healthy Ken Walker III. DJ Dallas is back. This should be a defense that you can run the ball, you can control the clock some, and you can set up those play action shots because the Rams have been vulnerable against those when the Seahawks have played them in the past. Russell Wilson couldn't take advantage of it, but Geno Smith had a great game last month off of play action getting the ball downfield to his receivers. As you mentioned, that Rams secondary has been vulnerable. Even Ramsey at times has been vulnerable this season. So if they can run the football effectively, they only had Ken Walker for a couple possessions in that first game, and then he exited with an, with an ankle injury. Mm-hmm. Having him back out there as your workhorse with his ability to potentially hit home runs, control the clock, open up that play-action game where you can get your talented skill players involved, If they can do that and just play their game with a balanced offense, they should be able to win this game because they are the more talented football team, particularly with their offense going against a banged-up Rams defense. As far as the defense goes, you mentioned the key for me. You know, Sometimes it gets cliche. Let's create turnovers or whatever. Yeah, it'd be great for the Seahawks to do that. But you have to be able to stop the window dressing that Sean McVay is going to be bringing to the game. And I don't know what it is. They run fly sweeps against the Seahawks, and it looks like they're playing against a Pee Wee League defense. And the Seahawks are good stopping jet sweeps pretty much against every other team they play (laughs) except Sean McVay. And I don't know what does. And Rob Rang, my co-host, and I were joking about this the other day. I feel like you could just kind of put a – water boy or something out there run a jet sweep against the Seahawks with John McVay as the coordinator. And there would just magically be a parting of the seas. I mean, that's how it felt like. I mean, when Robert Woods was here, he killed them on, they ran it some with Cooper cup. And that's not necessarily a strength for him, but he still, he looked like a world-class track athlete running those plays. And Brandon Powell last time killed them on jet sweeps. They can't let little window dressings plays like that beat them, and that really boils down to the edge. And I think the one difference in this game from that matchup on December 4th, Bruce Irvin, great respect for him, but he was not at 35 years of age, and he was not a starter. He was not a 70% of the game or even 50% of the game snap count guy at this stage of his career. Boy, Mafe, their second-round pick, is starting to see more playing time, and he has been nasty setting the edge that is going to be the difference to me. If he's able to do that, limit those opportunities on those jet sweeps and take some of those plays off of it that Sean McVay likes to run against the Seahawks, especially without Jordan Brooks at linebacker, they're going to be playing Tanner Mews at that position in this game. You want to take some pressure off Tanner Mews with all those crossers that the Rams like to run, take away the jet sweeps, and really limit the plays they can run off of it. So that, to me, is a huge key in this game. Rather than looking at turnovers, the pass rush is important, obviously, but – you have got to take away those specialty plays that Sean McVay has been able to give a chef's kiss with against the Seahawks pretty much every time they played them.
0: Yeah, he's he, that play is a play that, as a, a Rams person, that you look at, and go, not again. Not really? They're going to run it again? Really? And you mentioned all the guys that they've had success with it over the last few years, and they've added Tutu Atwell into the mix. I have to, That's a player's so that name I haven't mentioned so far today, but he has kind of taken over that role, and he can burn. He's incredibly fast. He's incredibly athletic. He's also incredibly small, and every time I see him run that play, you hold your breath and hope that he can get to the sideline or, or get down safely in one piece. But, yeah, I, I think you'll see it a lot. I think that um, – the Rams are going to have their hands full, but I have a, I have a weird feeling that, like you've mentioned a, a handful of times, this is the proverbial good matchup for the Rams. For whatever reason, this is one that they seem to always have a pretty good grip on. Uh, they were playing their worst football of the year the last time that they saw each other, and they still nearly pulled one out. So um, I, I give the Rams a pretty good chance in this one.
1: Yeah, I expect it's going to be a barn burner. I think it's going to be a tight game, even with the injuries the Rams have. Bringing Baker Mayfield in is a huge difference maker. You have a competent starting caliber NFL quarterback, which you didn't have in John Wolford. And so I think that that is going to make things interesting in the way Cam Akers is running the ball with the Seahawks issues they've had being well-documented defending the run. I think it is going to be a close game. This is not going to be one the Seahawks are going to go in and win by 30 points. They haven't been that kind of a team this year anyway. Uh, They've had a a few wins that they won by 10-plus points, but this has not been a team that's been blowing people out they're plus three in the point differential this year for a reason. This is truly a around five hundred team, which is better than a lot of people thought they were going to be. But real quick before we close things out, rather than doing score predictions, give me a prediction, just a general prediction for something that you think is going to happen on Sunday.
0: This will be Baker May- Baker Mayfield's last game in a Ram uniform. I, I think he's been good enough that somebody's going to take him. I think somebody there are going to be a lot of quarterback vacancies across the league, um, most of them bad, but they are starting quarterback jobs in the NFL. Uh, I don't know if Baker Mayfield's ready to kind of give up the ghost on being a starter in this league. Um, I think he's going to get opportunities elsewhere, and I think this is the last time we'll see him in a Rams uniform. And I think
1: in his last game in a Rams uniform that he's going to get sick of seeing number 52. I think Daryl Taylor is going to continue his hot streak that he has been on for the better part of a month. Had two and a half sacks against the Jets. The Rams offensive line has had stability the last month, but I still think that their tackles are very vulnerable. And Daryl Taylor with that elite burst that he has off off the ball, he's playing to his strengths now. Instead of trying to get cued and do 16 different counter moves, You know what? I'm fast, and I can just beat guys. He is playing to his strength. I think Daryl Taylor gets two sacks on Baker Mayfield in this football game with the home crowd aiding him, and the Rams probably having to do a silent count. I think that plays into a guy like Daryl Taylor's skill set as fast and explosive as he is off the edge. So I don't know if that means the Seahawks win this game or not, but I think that Daryl Taylor is going to be – Making some visits to the backfield to greet Baker Mayfield back there and uh, and give him a farewell send off for his brief <laughs> time with the Los Angeles Rams. Thanks to all the twelves and Rams fans out there for making Locked On Seahawks and Locked On Rams your first listen five days a week. And we greatly appreciate you tuning in for this Crossover Thursday episode. Make sure to check out our Friday episodes coming out as we continue our game coverage leading up to Sunday's finale. The Seahawks looking to get in the playoffs, Rams and Bobby Wagner looking to spoil those playoff aspirations should be a fun one. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the game.